Welcome to the Think It, Make It podcast with your host, Eric Royer, all about turning your ideas into reality with a CNC router, tips and tricks, new products, interviews, and much, much more. This just got exciting. Whether you're using a CNC for business or hobby, we have great stuff in store for you. All right, everybody. Well, I want to welcome you back uh, to the Think and Make It podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of having Mr. Bill Griggs as a guest. Uh, Bill, how you doing? I'm doing great, Eric. Thank you uh, for having me on the show. Oh, no. Thanks for taking the time out of your schedule. I know you got a lot going on these days. And uh, so for, for those of you who don't know Bill Griggs, um, you're, if you're on Facebook and you're into CNC, you probably are involved in the CNC Router Tips group. And, uh, if that bill is the gentleman who started that group and, uh, you know, we, I know speaking from myself, we all thank you for having done that because it's a great community of, uh, CNC router users on Facebook. Oh, oh, you're, you're welcome, Eric. Thank you so much for, for thinking that, uh, the reason I started the CNC router tips group was because there wasn't anything out there where you could go and talk to somebody about CNC. And I was hoping to find one or two people. Yeah, but what do you got? Fifteen thousand. Yeah, yeah. We I think we got um, fifteen thousand five hundred and change as of today. That's great. So uh, it's it's been growing fast. Yeah. Now Bill and I had crossed paths in the past because uh, we have mutual friends in the radio control hobby industry. So my past life that's uh, that's where I first heard of heard of uh, heard of you and uh, um, guys like Tom Atwood and you know we have mm. some mutual friends from that that past life. And, uh, so it was great to, uh, see that we, uh, we come full circle and we have, uh, new stuff in common now. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's funny the way that the, um, radio control hobby and the CNC hobby, um, you know, work together so well, it's probably because of the CNC or, or because of the RC, uh, hobby that I got into CNC in the first place. So you used to use, uh, you used to make a lot of your own planes and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, back in the day, I was a um, uh, kit maker for um, RC um, airplanes. I was specialized in electric flight uh, back before it was popular, and I made Speed 400 sized airplanes, which are small, mm-hmm. uh, lightweight airplanes. And um, I got to be, um, you know, regular at the trade shows that they had, like the Toledo show and the Ram show. And, uh, I had a booth there and I wanted to make better kits. And, uh, the whole thing happened that I got to see, uh, a, a nice kit that came over from Germany that was made with these interlocking parts that was, you know, there were three dimensional drawings in the, in the, uh, plants and everything. And I, I said, well, what is this? How is it made? This is so cool. And that got me on the search, and I found out that it was done with a CNC router table. Yeah, that's. Uh, I wish I had one or access to one back when I was in in my heyday. And the, mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you how many times that when you want to upgrade a plane or or you you know had a rough landing and had to replace something. And I I was not a kit builder. I I got involved more in the ARF, uh, the almost ready to fly kind of stage, and. Uh, I just uh, I never had time to sit down and and uh, and build from scratch, which is unfortunate because it's a lost art nowadays. And it's very rare that you find people doing that. Um, did you ever get involved in drones? Yeah, I did. Um, I it's funny you should ask this question, but um, I mentioned that I used to do the trade show, and I, to my knowledge and to the knowledge of pretty much everybody else I've talked to, I was the first booth to display a quadcopter at the Toledo show. Hmm. I think it was 96, 95 or 96. It was a little thing called the uh, Roswell flyer. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was great. I didn't make it, but it was, uh, it was uh, a kit that was made by, you know, another group of people. And uh, I got on the phone with them and we talked about their, their new product. And, you know, I thought it was, amazing because nobody had really done quadcopters before Mm -hmm. and uh i said hey could i get uh you know uh i'd like to order one and i says man it's too bad you aren't selling these at the show 
And uh, they they said, well, we couldn't get a booth. And so we began talking, and um, they shipped me a bunch of uh, of drones, and I displayed them at the show. And uh, I think we sold out before noon on the Friday at the show. So yeah, it was good. That doesn't surprise me. That stuff – it's funny because now it's it's like there there's no um the uh, sexiness of drones has kind of disappeared because it's they're just so everywhere now you know you could buy a drone in uh, the apple store at walmart mm-hmm. you know they're everywhere now so the the uh, uniqueness i guess is um has kind of worn off um and unfortunately as a result of that too uh a lot of them there's not a lot of competition anymore it's really only two or three major companies and that's it mhm but, uh, yeah, we, that's, I had a drone company and that's when I got involved with Stepcraft with, and, uh, because we used to build custom drones for the, uh, doing aerial video and photographs for, uh, television commercials and movies. So, uh, you know, when I first got involved with Stepcraft, it was cool because we were able to make, um, parts, uh, for some of these custom drones, which was, was awesome. And, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's amazing where uh, you know where things come from, uh, mm-hmm. how things start. So with CNC router tips, so I'm a big uh, I'm I'm a big user. I'm not as much of a big poster, but I I definitely read and I I do comments to try to help whenever I can. It, it's a it's a there's a really good group of guys there. And what kind of challenges do you have managing? Uh, you know something that has that many people. I mean, do you do you have conflicts and whatnot that you've got to resolve or stay on top of or is it is it pretty streamlined well it's it's surprisingly streamlined for for you know fifteen thousand members there are only two active um administrators uh in the group and uh the guys police themselves really yeah that's Uh, good because we we kind of established a, a community feeling right from the beginning i mean one thing I did that was kind of ridiculous, but I did it anyway. For the first 10,000 people that got into this group over the course of maybe three years, I personally welcomed each one of them into the group with an, with an email or I'd look at their profile and, and say, hey, you know, I see you're into drones or or you're, um, you make uh, race car parts or, or whatever and, and, you know, try and strike up a conversation. So they actually felt like, you know, an individual instead of just one of, you know, many who are just drifting through. And I think that helped keep the the group together and, and, and help, you know, kind of form a community instead of just a a bunch of guys who were into CNC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's actually a really great idea uh, when you're starting something that's not necessarily super scalable as you get larger, but, uh, yeah, I love that concept. I, I, people love um, – it's just like with a local restaurant or something, right? I mean, uh, you know, you, people go to places they feel at home or part of a family, you know. Mm. So it's uh, – yeah, I noticed that with a lot of a lot of guys on there. I don't um, – anytime I've ever posted a question where I've had, uh, you know, trying to figure out something with a particular project or whatever, it's amazing how fast you get so many responses. That's the beauty of having some – a group that has that many members, you know, it's, it's like a full-time 24 seven support group. Yeah. The, the really cool part about it is to watch a guy who comes from absolute beginner. Hey, I just bought a machine, uh, this week and I don't know how to turn on, uh, you know, the software. And then just a few short months later, they're giving people advice on speeds and feeds and bits. And they're, you know, sharing, um, files that they created, um, and, and that sort of thing. And they're helping each other. And that's really what I was hoping for. Uh, because when I got started in CNC back in, in the day in, in the early 2000 time frame, really, um, there was no information available online. In fact, um, online was really, um, just getting started. Everybody was on AOL or Yahoo or something like that. There was no real worldwide web i guess you um going on but uh google just got started and i searched everywhere i could find any information on cnc and there was not a whole lot Mm -hmm. and uh, i i knew if i was having trouble and i was looking for this that other people would be looking for that information and i didn't want the information to just 
go away after I had looked at it. I wanted it to be something I could research later. Right. And, uh, yeah. So CNC router tips, is it just the, uh, online group or is there a website or separate brand for that as well? Oh, no, there's a website, um, CNC router tips.com. Um, that is the, the home base for my, uh, my podcast, um, same subject, CNC router tips podcast. So, um, the podcast actually came second. I formed the group first uh, on Facebook and then I said, Hey guys, I've been thinking about podcasting. Um, what do you think? And they were all like, go ahead, Bill, go. Yeah. We, you know, we'll listen to at least one episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I had a thousand, just under a thousand people in the group at that point. So that was, um, September, August of, um, 2015. Okay. Wow. You've been doing this for a while then. Yeah. So, you know, it seems like, um, to those who were, who were, um, taking part of it, it seems like rapid growth, but when you look back at it, it's been, you know, almost five years at at this. So, so, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. (laughs) But, um, the, the truth of the matter is many people have applied to the group who weren't accepted. Um, so the, the group could probably be 20 or 30,000 by now. Wow. That's uh yeah, I'm looking at your website now. So you've got 67 or I'm sorry, it looks like 62 podcast episodes. Yeah. I think we're up to about 66, but there okay. were some that were done live on YouTube. Gotcha. Yeah. So what is the, so your initial podcast episodes, how, how has that kind of transformed over time? Oh, it's funny. When I started, I wanted to do a, a daily 15 minute podcast that answered, you know, one question for, for somebody, you know, somebody would, would write in and say, how do I set the X, Y, and Z, um, of my, you know, work, um, piece. And, you know, that would be an episode that didn't last very long because people didn't ask questions mm-hmm. <laughs> that way. Um, so then I began to think, okay, well, what else did I, do I know that I think people might be interested in? And, uh, then I transitioned into interviewing people and, and doing things. So it's, it really has just become, you know, more about the general CNC topic and the episodes got much longer. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I hope people enjoy it. it they seem to, and I, I get a lot of comments whenever I post, so. Yeah, I've had a couple guys ask me. Uh, well, I had one guy comment, and he said, "Well, so I see you're you're competing now with uh, Bill Griggs on on podcast," and I'm like, "No," I said, "It's first of all, this is a free thing we're doing. Both you and I do it purely out of yeah. our love for the hobby. It's not like anybody's buying anything or or paying to listen. And uh, the way I am, when I have a topic that I'm interested in." I love it when I find more than one show because that means on a long car drive or on a, you know, I'm going for a long walk or something, I have a lot to listen to that, mm-hmm. that's interesting. So, you know, I think you and I, we, we are doing something very similar, but you have a one spin, I have a different spin, but, uh, you know, I, I find the topics you cover very, uh, very interesting and, um, you know, I'm I'm looking to compliment the CNC industry. This, this so yeah, it was kind of weird to hear us have some because I wasn't even thinking about competition. I yeah. was just like, hey, this is another. That that's why I have you on because I I didn't even think like why are you bringing the competitor on. No, because I love everything that you've done online, and I think more people should know about it and uh, and don't appreciate it. I'm sure as much as I do. So yeah, the, you know there there is no no competition when when it comes to this. I mean, it, it is really just a, a – oh, this is going to sound cheesy, but I'm going to say yeah. it anyway. It's really just brotherhood of of, of, uh, of makers yeah. that want to get together and do things and podcasting. Uh, I mean, I've had you on my show. Yep, that's right. And, you know, it's uh, it's not – yeah, I, I feel no, no competition or anything like that. Uh, I know that you enjoy podcasting. You've done – podcasting for years and a variety of different subjects yeah. you've done what um one on um we had uh, one on drones yeah yeah i've yeah. done some business ones i've done drone ones and uh yeah i love it i uh 
It's you know why? Because it's uh, if I do a solo episode, I can talk a lot faster mm. than I could type, so I yeah. get an idea. The only difficulty I see, and you probably experience this too, with the CNC podcast, is CNC is a very visual medium, and uh, so it's. I was I did an interview with a customer a couple episodes back, and he was uh, we he he wanted to do it via Skype video, so. He he kept saying things like here, see this or on yeah. here, you know, and I'm like, oh, how do I translate that to uh, to audio? So I would put pictures up in the show notes. But, you know, so you're trying to constantly think of CNC topics to talk about that don't involve a visual element, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's been my dilemma for the last year. My my production of podcast episodes has actually gone down and it's for a variety of reasons. But um, one of them is is that CNC is a visual medium. Um, I mean, you are making something that's beautiful to look at, right? Or or functional and whatever. And describing that to somebody is not an easy task. And you you run out of things that you can discuss that don't fall into that. You know where you have to see it. Um, the other thing that is kind of um worrying me a little bit is that people started listening to me to hear about cnc but there are other things that hold my interest that i want to talk about and so you know when i named my podcast the cnc router tips podcast people kind of expect that but there's other things i'm interested in there's other things i mean the business of cnc um, which is another podcast by the by the the business of machining is another uh, podcast, but the business side of it, um, I'd love to discuss that, and I, I've done quite a few episodes talking about it. But you, the truth is, you have ahead. another podcast, or yeah, I have I have another podcast also. Oh, um, I, I co-host a podcast with um, um, Kingsley Grant. Um, he's a fellow that I met through a um, uh, the Internet Business Mastery Academy that we both belong to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the name of our pod, other podcast is Podcast by Friday. And that's where we teach bloggers how to create a, a minimum viable podcast in seven days. That's what that whole thing is about. And so we talk about things podcast related. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but I'm more... Lately, I've wanted to talk more about the getting started in the CNC business end of things. Um, I have built businesses up to um, what most middle class people would be happy with. However, I've never had a big seven or eight figure business. Mm-hmm. And um, that, you know, that's a, a challenge. It's something I, I'd like to to look at and I've been thinking about it, but the reality is most of us will never have seven or eight figure businesses because we don't decide that we're going to do so. Um, so, but everyone would, would love for instance, a six figure business. Right. And I can help them with that. I can show them what I've done to get to, you know, to where I am. But, um, then the next step beyond that, that's, beyond me but the idea is to get somebody started again with a minimal uh, minimum um, set of things to figure out okay i can make this one thing on my router now how can i take that and monetize it so that i can afford to keep making these cool things and you know make money and maybe support my family or you know get a get a car or whatever your goal is right that's i'm interested in talking about that a lot you're, my mind is spinning in a hundred directions now because as much as talking as we've done even prior to this recording this, that's one area we haven't. So I've got I got some offline things to talk to you about later, maybe sure. some ideas. But uh, that's great. Uh, it's, yeah. It goes to that whole giving back thing. I mean, you know, you can give back knowledge on on uh, on how to do things with CNC, and we can certainly make videos and do tutorials and things like that. But uh, uh, to help somebody. And, and, you know, I, I had that book that I wrote back a couple of years ago that we've given away to thousands of people on starting a business with a CNC. And, uh, you know, it was never meant to be a, 
it's not a Bible about it. I mean, it, it was, it was just to give you ideas. And I had a lot of people that, that love that. And it's, it, that's one cool thing here in this country, especially everybody's always looking for that side hustle or mm-hmm. something to make a little extra, even if it's just to pay for vacations and things like that, you know? Oh yeah. You know, um, there's, you mentioned the side hustle there. That's a great book by Chris Gillibo. Yep. Um, had Chris on the, on the CNC router tips podcast as, as a guest uh, a while ago, I found out about him from his first book, which was, um, the hundred dollar startup. Yep. I've read and that book. That's a fantastic book. Um, when I read that book, it changed my, my opinion on, you know, how to, how to get going and, and what to do. And I started giving that away as a graduation present. Um, to, you know, high schoolers or whatever. And I'd put a hundred dollars, uh, in, in the book. So if they read the book, they might find a hundred dollars. Yeah. That's a good idea. (laughs) If they had an idea that was generated from the book, they could take action on it right away. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know how many have stuck the book on the shelf and, and never opened it. Uh, there's a note to everybody. If Bill Griggs ever sends you a book, open it and read it. (laughs) Because <laughs> there might be money stuffed inside of it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, fantastic. You know, and a side hustle. I mean, I've been doing side hustles all my life, and that is really the the thing. It's it's the thing that uh, can set you free from something. Yeah. You know, uh, some little thing that is bugging you. You can figure out ways to make enough money to solve those issues. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, yeah, that's great. I I'll uh, put links in the show notes for this so people can check out both uh, both of these podcasts. Um, on uh, so the other thing that you you do too uh, along the lines of side businesses, you have the Maker's Guide as well. So, what, can you tell everybody a little bit about what that is? Yeah, um, the Maker's Guide is is uh, a website. It's uh, where I market some of the things that I've made that are. Um, helpful for for makers uh, I, I, our slogan and I, I don't mean to turn this into a commercial but no, it's, no, no, it's fine it's useful tools for makers that's you know that's the slogan i came up with a product called the triple edge finder which is a touch-off plate uh, which allows you to find the x the y and the z all in one move um and began making those and that kind of began another journey you know that took me off off on a side tangent, uh, into metalworking, but, um, I wanted to be able to, to have something that when the power went out or when I got tired of, of working on my CNC sign or, or project or 3d carving, that I could just stop knowing where I was, come back to it at a different time, you know, shut the machine off, everything, come back to it at a different time, use this, edge finder and find my location and start again from the middle of the program. That's what it was all about. That's what it was for. Yeah. I've got one here that you sent me and, uh, we, uh, we, we've been using it actually for the last couple of months. Finally, I know you'd sent it to me a few months ago, but I, I had to write a, um, a macro for you cause we use UCC and C here. Mm-hmm. Uh, where oh, there's I, macros out there. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, well, I ended up learning how to write one. I should have asked you. That would have made more sense, right? To just ask the guy who sends it to me if they knew of a macro. But yeah, uh, yeah um, I decided that we would we would just write something to try. It, and it is a extremely useful. Uh, I I use it all the time when I'm on the machine. It's because I'm either going to use that or or uh, uh, a touch probe. And mm-hmm. sometimes I don't I don't want to put the touch probe in, so you know that's I've got it right there. It takes two seconds. You find your corner and your Z height is set, and you're good to go. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I encourage anybody that uh, that is uh, either on a uh, milli machine or on a router to uh, to check it out. And again, I'll I'll put a, a link to that. But it is a really cool product. So well, thank you, I appreciate that. So, what else do you sell on uh, Maker's Guide? Is it j- just mainly that, or do you resell some stuff as well? I'm also a reseller for um, uh, Vectric products, um, you know, VCarve Pro and Aspire, mm-hmm. um, and Cut 2D and, and Mach 3 as well. Um, but there, there's soon to be a few other products that I'm working on now um, that will probably be um, in the CNC market again or um, 
or in a closely related um, field. I think um, um, the good part about having the Maker's Guide uh, website is I can put up any product or process that I that I can come up with on there, and I don't have to rebrand, and I don't have to start. Can all be under that, you know, one uh, umbrella? Because I'm a maker first and foremost. It's not. Uh, it's not as if everything that I will put out will be CNC related, but right. it's nice to have you know a site for that. Right. So, yeah. Now you uh, you 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 were a police officer in a past life, right? You're retired. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did 26 years with uh, New York State Police. That's awesome. Oh, that's thanks for your service. That's that's. Uh, that's a great profession to, to be in. So, and it allows you to, because you to because you whenever I see you or we meet, you don't strike me as somebody you would think is retired. So at least it it lets you retire with uh you know earlier, right, and be able to pursue other interests. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the great things about um you know police work. Usually there's a twenty or twenty five year retirement depending on where you go, and you know it, it makes sense because. Who really wants an old cop coming unless it's like a really complicated case that you want somebody to solve and that knowledge would be of an advantage. Right. But, uh, you know, if, if it's, you know, something that requires physical, um, presence, you know, the young guys are probably the ones, uh, that you want to see. Uh, yeah. I, I had a good career with the state police that, it, it, um, allowed me to experiment with a lot of, 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 of things that, I would never have thought of, um, in, you know, different areas of, of knowledge and skill. And, um, but when I was done, I was done. I was ready to, to come and challenge, you know, take on some new challenges and CNC seemed to fill that bill. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, I'm glad it did because, uh, like I said, you know, you've, you've, uh, you've developed quite a few things that are, uh, very useful, uh, from a resource standpoint and from a product standpoint for people and, uh, so yeah, it's something you should always be proud of that. That's, that's, uh, mm -hmm. that's great to have. Um, now what else is, are you working on? Like are, are you've got, so you've got the CNC router tips, you've got the podcast, you've got, um, the maker's guide. Uh, what else you got going on? Um, there's gotta well, be something. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of funny cause I, um, when I got going and started making the maker's guide, I was making them using a friend's uh, milling machine to, to get started. Um, he had a Haas, um, you know, vertical machining center that I was using everything on. And uh, he got some, some work and, uh, you know, that machine became less and less available. And so I started looking around and decided, you know, I, I think I need to get my own machine and, and figure it out. And so, Ended up looking around and first I built, uh, converted a, a Grizzly uh, milling machine over to CNC and that worked okay. But I realized immediately it was too small for, um, for the other projects I had in mind. And so I started looking into getting uh, a Tormach milling machine and that's what I did. And that's how I make the, uh, the triple edge finders using that machine. But, uh, that has been quite a learning curve mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit more involved than, uh, than CNC routing with wood. Mm -hmm. uh, so what is, I mean, now that you mentioned the Tormach, um, that I've, I've been following that company mm -hmm. for a while and, and there is a definitive difference, uh, for those people that are listening between a CNC router and a CNC milling machine. And they, they're not, I mean, I guess there's some jobs you can do on both depending on the material, but there are very specific uh, reasons why you would have one over the other or both in your shop dependent upon. So what, what is your opinion on that? Like what, what would you tell people when they, cause you're the CNC router tips guy, but you've got a milling machine. So does yeah. that mean you're selling out or does that mean you're just expanding your horizons? Uh, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. Um, when I, when I requested a quote from Tormac on a machine, um, I heard later from, uh, one of the, uh, the people at, at Tormac as they were going through, it was Chris Fox. He says, Hey, it's a CNC router guy. He's getting a Tormac. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, I had no idea 
that a I was on anybody's radar. I, you know, you can't really tell when you're podcasting if anybody's listening because Apple makes it difficult to see, right? Um, you know your your stats, your statistics about it. But um, I needed uh, to be able to machine metal, and I needed to be able, in this case aluminum, and I needed to be able to machine it faster than I could do on a router with deeper with deeper cuts. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can make. You can make wonderfully beautiful parts on a CNC router table um, out of aluminum, but uh, the the truth of the matter is most CNC routers are not rigid enough to give surface finishes in one pass. Right, and that was the whole thing because um, when you're making a product, uh, you know, to sell lots of them um time is money speed you know speed is money so if you if you look at taking a three-quarter inch cut three-quarter inch deep cut across the uh, side of a piece a milling machine is a better choice in most cases than a cnc router for that Mm -hmm. you can do the same thing in three or four passes on a cnc router but the time adds up and so, because you know, because I was trying to to produce something that, um, at the end of the day, um, cost me less in time and money to make. That's why I chose a a milling machine for that. And it's just choosing the right tool. It's I mean, I can do a lot with a drill press, but a drill press is not always the the right tool. Uh, I can do a lot with a bandsaw, but a bandsaw is not always the right tool. Right. And, you know, same with the router. Yeah. Um, you know, so. So I'm I'm looking at my triple head finder here. I'm holding my hand. So this is the part where the CNC is visual and it's hard to talk about in a podcast, but I, I more wanted to talk about the operation. So looking at this part, if you're making this on your Tormach, you've got four operations, it looks like on this. You've got to move this part four times. Um top, bottom, and then you've got a whole actually, yeah, five. Five, because yep. you've got the engraving on one side. Right. Okay. So you have, I assume that when you do this, um, can I also, I mean, the finish, by the way, when, uh, and when you look at this, yeah, I see what you're saying. The finish is perfect on it. It's, uh, you could see some swirls on the bottom from the cutter, but you're not going to get away with that. But it's actually cool looking. It's not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it looks like you're probably using a, um, uh, fly cutter to surface the, the top and bottom before you start machining. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the parts, you know, beautiful quality. So this is coming off of the Tormach then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, when, <laughs> it's funny. Um, this, if, if you've got time, we talk about process for just a second. Sure. When you first get started designing a part, um, your first thought is to make one. And so you go and you get your vice out and you, you know, or you mount it down and clamp it to your, your router table and you do the operations that make one. And then you quickly realize that if you want to make more than one, you've got to come up with more efficient ways. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's where uh, fixturing and tool holding and that sort of thing comes in. And that's what separates, um, you know, machinist from, from hobbyist. Um, and I have to learn the machinist end of it or had to learn and both still learning. You're never done learning, right. you know, the fixturing and that sort of thing is the thing that doesn't get really shared um, with, with a lot of people in a uh, machine shop. They're probably not going to tell you these things because, you know, they're trying to keep a competitive edge. Sure. I don't particularly care. Uh, I will share almost everything that, uh, that I do, you know, people have copied the triple edge finder. I don't get ups- upset about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's really nothing, um, that I can do without spending uh, a ton of money on legal fees and everything trying to, you know, stop people. Right. If someone is going to copy you, they're just going to copy you. That's in their nature. It's unfortunate, but it's true. So, um, you know, when you make a triple H finder, you make it in five operations. I can tell you what they are and I'd be glad to share them with you. So, and, and I've done that. Yeah. And that's, you know, I hope 
that by giving back to the community at large, the CNC community in, at large, you know, showing them what's behind the curtain, that when they decide that they need an edge finder, if they don't go out and make one, they'll at least give me a call and maybe get one. Right. There's something to be said too. I mean, if you're you're giving away information, I know you and I both talk, we both listen to Pat Flynn and Smart Passive mm-hmm. Income. And I, I started listening to that blog, podcast and read his blog oh, years and years ago. And I always mm-hmm. wondered, why is this guy giving away so much information? And then over the last few years, he started selling stuff, started selling online courses. He, he has a product that went on Kickstarters. He wrote a couple of books and that became bestsellers. And it all started to come full circle. And it's like, well, this guy was giving away so much information over time to build up uh, as an expert, to build a community, to get people to like him, that when he did finally have something that he wanted to sell, it was a no-brainer. He already had a bunch of you know, mm-hmm. people that are salivating to buy from him. And it's kind of the same thing. I mean, I, I look at this and yeah, okay. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I could probably easily figure out how to replicate this, but why would I ever do that? Because when I look at how much value I got off of just CNC router tips on Facebook that you started, well, you know, buying something from you is my way of kind of paying you back, you know? And, uh, a lot of people, there are a lot of people that do think that way, which is good. And you'll always have the people that like stuff for free or they'll try to copy you or whatever. Um, I guess you just have to have kind of thick skin and, and, uh, be really proud of what you put out and be happy with the people that do support you. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and not stress over the ones that necessarily don't. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm sitting here holding this, and yeah, I'm I'm trying to identify. I I didn't see the five operations. I didn't have my glasses on. Then all of a sudden, I saw the engraving on there. So I'm assuming you made custom fixtures to keep this flowing quickly mm-hmm. uh, on your machine. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool product. Um, I definitely recommend anybody who has a router or milling machine to check it out. Um, but it's so cool that you have a machine that you can actually produce these on your own. I assume you were farming them out before and. Mm-hmm. And then you got to deal with uh, uh, production times and, you know, you're not their only customer and things like that. I can imagine there's all logistics that goes into play that can get a little uh, frustrating. Yeah. And, you know, it, it all comes back to the fact that, you know, I, I'm retired. I, I wanted a business that I could go out and make some parts in, in a batch and sell those out, not sweat about knowing that um, I needed more of those and not having to order 10,000 of them. You know, I could make them in small batches as I needed. And, you know, this was a good product for that. Um, And that, you know, is kind of what drove my thinking. If I were, if my goal was different, if my goal was to have these on um, Amazon and eBay and Walmart and, and everything, and I needed, you know, hundreds of thousands of these things, I would have a totally different approach. I would have chosen different machines and I probably would not have done it myself. Right. Um, but you know, that wasn't, that wasn't what I was going after. I was, I guess I was going for a lifestyle business, uh, model for, I know we're talking business on a, on a, on a making podcast, but, um, you know, there are different, types of business and in one is you know one that allows you to live the type of lifestyle that you want and that's you know what i was shooting for uh you know stepcraft um your business is a a large business you went after a a large um marketplace right and um it is designed to be uh, a bigger enterprise versus the solopreneur kind of thing that mm-hmm. I'm, doing. you know, one guy in a garage. Um, both are excellent business models. Both work great and they'll get you different places. I admire what you're doing. I, I wish that I um, had the vision that you do. I appreciate that, that. You know, that you're able to pull this off and make the, make the, um, 
the partnerships that you have with, with the different people to pull this off because it's amazing. I mean, how many employees do you have now at Stepcraft? Uh, here in the States, we have 12. And then uh, over in Germany, I think there's, I don't know, 25 or 30, I guess. Uh, yeah. So it's it's definitely it's a global company. It's it's a big company. Yeah. It's definitely not a lifestyle business. I mean, unless the lifestyle you want is, uh, you know, a lot of hard work. I'm I'm just at a different place in my life where I can make this, uh, you know, kind of work right now. But this mm-hmm. pace and everything is not what I see ten years from now. And right. uh, so I have to take a slightly different approach on kind of that's my end goal and how do I get everything uh, to 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 be at at that point at someday. You know, where yeah, I and I agree. I mean, there's there's the the solopreneur. Um, if you can make that work, I mean, there's guys that, you know, you and I both know that we follow on, mm-hmm. on online that are making seven figures a year, just, mm-hmm. you know, working. I mean, it's not that they didn't put in hard work. I think every business, I don't know if there's a business you can just wake up and in five minutes you're making a ton of money. Um, you know, that's that maybe a lottery ticket, I guess is, you know, if you're, if you're that lucky, but, uh, but, you know, the, these guys have put in the hard work for four or five years and now they reap the the benefit of a, having a passive income type business. And even your maker's guide, that's not really passive, so no. to speak, but you do it on your terms, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot to be said for that, uh, you know, and it gives you time to do other things. And, you know, I'm sure, too, it also helps offset to the uh, the cost to buy a Tormach, which is certainly mm-hmm. a great machine to have in your in, in your, your, your shop or your garage, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that's, and that's, everybody has a different reason for having a business. Um, and I guess, you know, that's what I always tell people, like you got to identify right before you even start to sell your first thing or make a business card or whatever, what is your goal? And, uh, you know, we run into a lot of customers that buy a machine, uh, to start a side business. And, I hear all kinds of goals. One one guy's goal is I always want a CNC and I just want to make enough money to pay for it. And then mm-hmm. if I don't make any money after that, I'm totally fine with it. And, uh, you know, I've had some people that say, well, my kids start in college in two years and I'd love to make, uh, be able to make the college payments off of things I make with my CNC. And, and oh, everybody has, everybody has, you know, what they consider success, right? Yeah. And it's funny how, how those goals can change. Uh, because, you know, when I started with, with the, the CNC router and with the Tormach, it, it was, Hey, I'd like to make a machine that, you know, just generates enough money to pay for itself, to pay for, you know, that. And, you know, a few odds and ends of that I wanted, you know, uh, you know, maybe I, I was into cameras or whatever, you know, that would buy my cameras. That was a great goal that when I, once I reached that, you know, you start realizing, well, maybe, maybe there's more here. Mm-hmm. May, you know, maybe, maybe it could make a car payment or maybe it could, uh, you know, pay off a student loan for one of my kids or, you know, whatever. That's the cool part about it. You can, you can look at it and you can model the type of business that you want and then go after it. I, I don't suggest anybody just start a business without thinking about what they're, their ultimate goal is I, I mean because you're you're really going to um find yourself that you struggle after the first initial thing you know mm-hmm. and you might not even be profitable right um there's a great yeah here we go this sounds like the book review club for us i'm no, sorry no, but it's, I, it's just cool I, because it, this is hey let's face it this podcast is about cnc but it's, it's i i've have a lot of interviews that i've done so far where people are using the cnc for business so i love mixing business with cnc it's mm-hmm. so this is good stuff um there is a there's a book that i got um recent well it's not recent now but uh i got called uh business model U Y O U, um and it goes down through and it helps you examine the type of business that you want to set up, who your major partners are. And by partners, I mean the shipping company is a partner. The uh, people who give you your balsa wood are a partner. Mm-hmm. The, the people that you know you sell to are actually a partner. Anyway, you put all of these things down on post-it notes to fit in these various categories. And when you're done, you have this big thing 
big, big chart up on your wall that tells you the structure of your business. And it, it's really handy because most people never think about these things completely. They might think, oh, I'm going to make an edge finder and I'll sell it. Well, how are you going to sell it? What's your market? Who's who's the online source that you're going to, you know, put this in? Who are you going to advertise with? Who are, you know, all of these things you've got to think out ahead of time mm-hmm. and, and uh, go through structure. And this book is probably the best I've seen at showing you that if you're at the embryo stage, you know, where you're just getting started and trying to figure it out. It's a, it's a great book. So it's called Business Model You. I'm going to have to, so hopefully it's on Audible. (laughs) That's like my go-to place. I never have time to sit and actually read a book, but I love listening to books. So uh, I'll, I'll check it out and I'll, I'll put a link up, but yeah, thanks for that recommendation. I, uh, and we were talking um, prior to recording, Bill and I were talking and what was, it was a, that's your book club comment because we were talking about books we had just read. We, Bill and I are very like-minded with, uh, uh, not uh, you know business philosophy and CNC, and we have some commonality and background. So I love being able to chat from time to time um, mm-hmm. about stuff. But uh, yeah, so you're um, so you got a lot going on, a lot of lot of different things. Like what you diluted before we started recording that you had a kind of a new thing in the works uh, with regards to uh, was it training or or teaching or something? So I don't know. Are you are you able to talk about that a little bit? And yeah, a little bit. I, I think, um, one of the things I was noticing, you know, we've got 15,000 people in the, in the Facebook group, um, you know, CNC router tips, Facebook group. And so a lot, a lot of them will, you know, send me messages or, or, or whatever, or they'll ask questions inside the group about getting started, you know, turning their CNC into a business. And, um, you know, there's, there's several things that go into that. And I I started looking at it and I was getting the same questions, the same series of questions over and and over again. And I started thinking that it would be great to have, uh, a solution that could take them from start to finish and starting a lifestyle business, Mm -hmm. you know, one that's just going to, um, take, you know, one product or one market move them through the steps of looking at that product, how they're going to produce it, you know, what bits they need, the whole nine yards and have it all in a little box that they could get. Okay. I want to make bowls this week, or I want to make, um, uh, signs and just have the steps that they need from one to three to, you know, steps in, in the, in this process where they could go and say, okay, I want to make this. How will I source the, the wood? How will I get the bits? What, what bits do I need? Okay. Where will I market it and put all that stuff together in kind of a, a, a basically it's a business in a box mm-hmm. that they could take that and, and go out over the course of a week or two and get started and generate a product that's been proven but you know, with proven tool paths and proven everything and they just crank it out and get started and they learn more from creating, you know, one business like that. And then they can do some more research and more reading just like you and I have done and they can decide whether it's something they want to make bigger. Mm-hmm. But, um, That's a you cool know, idea. yeah. So I've been working on that. I've, I've, I've got all the, the artwork and the bits and all the research and everything done. I'm just trying to put it together and, uh, putting together the sales funnel for it. So that's, um, that's what I've been working on. And I don't know if that's really something that the audience wants other than looking at it from, you know, their comments, it's right. based on their comments. And that's probably the easiest way to find out what your uh, market wants is to ask them. So, right. That's actually a book I'm reading right now. I, I've owned it for a while and I've finally getting around. Well, cause he did the audio book is Pat Flynn's will it fly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Fantastic. a really good book about, uh, analyzing your marketplace and, you know, determining it, if there is a market for a business before you actually start doing anything with it. And that's, mm-hmm. I'm about halfway through it. So I'll, I'll definitely I'll probably talk about that on the podcast when I'm done with it because, 
again, it's a lot of people that uh, I talk to are buying a CNC router specifically for uh, mm-hmm. business purposes, you know, so that's that's a good way to analyze, uh, you know, what you're doing. You should, um, uh, now here's my recommendation for you, okay. but you should, you should uh, either reach out to Pat to have him come on the show or you should uh, send in a, a request to, to go on Ask Pat, which is one of his two podcasts that I'm aware of. He's actually got three, I think. But uh, Ask Pat is where he goes down through and he takes somebody through their business idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. I would I would love to to be able to do that just since I've been following him for so long. Uh, John mm-hmm. Lee Dumas is the other one. I've actually got a request in uh, to be on his podcast and mm-hmm. uh but he's scheduling out right now to November or December of this year. So it's uh yeah, that's something that you know, I don't know, it's kind of weird. I'd be a little starstruck being that I talked to this guy or not talked to him, but I've I followed him for so long. It'd be interesting to uh to to either be on his or or um you know, get him involved on this at some point. Um but I'm sure it'd be good for listeners too because both of those people have an awful lot to uh to offer in, in terms of, you know, starting a business up. You know, I've met both John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn. And the thing that is cool about them is they're just the guy down the street. Right. Um, neither of them, uh, for, for your listeners who don't know, they're both multimillionaires. They both done it in the last five years. Right. Okay. Um, online with business. They, but to talk to them, they're just the guy next door. Pat's actually kind of shy. Um, and uh, John Lee Dumas, um, I'll tell a quick story if I can. Sure. Um, I went to the Podcast Movement Conference, which is a, a conference of podcasters for podcasters, you know, teaching the arts of it. And uh, I was having trouble deciding what I wanted to do. And uh, I come around the corner and I bump literally bump right in to John Lee Dumas. <laughs> you know, I apologize and I said, Oh wow. Hey, uh, great to meet you. Um, you know, and, and apologize for, you know, bumping into him. And, and I started talking with him and, uh, he's, you know, he says to me, I am, I'm, I'm on my way somewhere. Uh, why don't you walk with me? And so we walk over and we get to his booth and we probably had a 10 or 15 minute discussion just from bumping into each other mm-hmm. in the hallway, uh, of the, uh, uh, of the conference. And, you know, he was answering real questions that I had and telling me, you know, what, what he would do if he were me. And I mean, this guy built, uh, his business from nothing to, you know, uh, over, I think he was at $3 million his first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, he's obviously very effective at what he does. Uh, and yet he was so giving and he was willing to just stand there and talk to a total stranger that he bumped into in the hall. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find, especially with the listening to their podcast, when they talk and interact with guests that they have on, it is just like a guy you'd be meeting in a coffee shop. Like it's, it's not like you're talking to, um, Bill Gates or somebody like that. I mean, these are, these are just normal guys. They just happen to find a way to make a living, um, online or passively or, or, uh, there's another, uh, podcast I listen to called, um, uh, it's just Shane and Jocelyn Sam's, um, What's it? Oh, Flip Lifestyle, the Flip Lifestyle mm-hmm. part. So there's the, 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 his story was really awesome. As uh, He was this, a football coach, and she was a librarian at a school, and they live in some rural town in Kentucky or something. And uh, he, um, he, had, he had been told that you could make money online, and so he decided that he would take like some football plays that he know works, and he made a, just a PDF, and he put it online, and nothing happened. Well, he had already built like a really simple website. So he put a couple of Google ads on there because at the time, you know, that was the thing to do. And he was, he said he was out mowing his lawn and he had headphones on. He was listening to music and he saw his phone light up and he looks at his phone and he made, I think it was like 10 or 15 cents on a Google ad. And he like stopped the lawnmower, ran inside, told his wife, you know, he was all excited. He's like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make money. 
um, you know, online and she, she thought he was crazy, but it's funny what that tipping point is for people. And his was a 15 cent, you know, thing that he made off of a Google ad, but his, his, the reason was because he made it while he was mowing his lawn. He didn't have to do Mm -hmm. anything. So, you know, it's, it's just like you, if you have a CNC machine and you're out and you're creating your business, you know, you put a little investment, you put time investment, a little sweat into it. And, uh, when you go to like a craft show or, or uh, Etsy and you get your first sale, it validates everything that you are mm-hmm. passionate about, you know? And, um, it's a, it's a huge high, you know, it, I remember selling our first step craft machine here. I was, oh, I was elated. I couldn't believe it. You know, you probably remember the name of the person who bought it. I do. Yep. And his picture is on the wall right outside my office. Yep. Along with, you know, quite a few other customers, but yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, something to consider. And, uh, you know, if you, even if you're not, you thought you never could have a business or that's not for you. Uh, you know, there are some, uh, some resources, some books, like the ones Bill and I mentioned, there's some, definitely some websites like smart packs of income that you can go to. And, uh, it's, it's motivating, you know, when you listen to it, it's like, well, wait a second, if this guy can do it, why, why can't I do it? You know, there's, there's no different. Um, it's, I guess it's just a passion that you have and, uh, are you willing to put in the work? Mm-hmm. Can I, can I tell another brief story? Sure. When I was uh, a trooper, I was just getting ready to retire and I, my mom, very important figure in my life. Um, you know, she's the one who, who gave me the, the quest for knowledge. You know, she was, she's an awesome woman. Uh, but she passed away and we had to go cross country, uh, to the funeral. And so we're driving across country in a, in our van, uh, with my family and, I was not handling it well. I was having a difficult time with, you know, losing my mom. And so I decided that I would load up um, some podcasts because I just discovered podcasts uh, into my iPad and listen to those as we drove cross country because it was going to be, you know, a 24 hour trip to to get there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I listened to the, the Internet Business Mastery podcast, and they had a guest on there, and his name was Pat Flynn, mm-hmm. and we mentioned him earlier. And Pat is just, you know, an average guy who was an architect who got let go, and uh, he built a course on online teaching people how to pass an exam, the lead exam. And you know, I listened to his story. I said, "Wow, this is just a regular guy, and and you know, he's making you know thirty thousand dollars a year doing this." Man, that's pretty cool. I wonder if that's possible. And then I listened to another podcast episode and there was another guy on the, you know, on the same show and same thing. And, and I had this thought and I, and I literally heard my mom's voice say to me, now you, you got it. You know, you, this is what you, you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so that's what got me started with, with these, uh, trying to, you know, do some, passive income things online to make money. And, uh, the first time you get, uh, a sale while you're doing something else it is, it is just so it's a game changer. I mean, last evening, somebody ordered a triple edge finder at 1130 PM, you know, after I had stopped paying attention to, to, to what was going on. Right. So when I woke up this morning, there was a sale and, you know, I have the product here, just stick it in a box and send it away. But the, the whole point of the thing is you can do this with your CNC router. You can do this with your laser cutter. You can do this with your milling machine. You can do this with uh, handmade wood parts. You can, If you're a pen turner, you can do it. You know, if you think about it, you can make it. Right. And if you make it, you can sell it. Yep. That's – I, that's that's why we call it the Think It Make It podcast. Because mm-hmm. the Think It Make It You Can Sell It podcast was too long, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, so, absolutely right. Yeah, so I I I hope that helps somebody because it, it was it was kind of what got me started down this path. And and I've told this story before, probably in more detail, but um, that's kind of what I was looking for because I didn't know what I wanted to do. 
And uh, it, it's been a great blessing to me that that has worked. And uh, yeah. I hope that I can encourage somebody else to give it a shot. Well, at the very least, we're going to encourage a bunch of people to go and check out uh, CNC Router Tips and the Maker's Guide. And, uh, you know, I, I'm uh, anxious to see when you finally get around to launching this uh, this new venture that you were talking about. I think that'll that'll be great as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do uh, I do appreciate you taking the time today to sit down and talk with me. And um, I'd love to have you back on. I, I, maybe we could talk about something more specific when you get ready to launch something. Or I know you and I have some other things that we've been talking about as well uh, offline that maybe can turn into something down the road. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to look into that. But uh, I, uh, I do appreciate it very much. Oh, thank you so much. And, you know, here's a note for podcasters. Turn off your phone before you begin recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, or put yeah. it on silent, which is what uh, – actually, that's not good either because mine's on silent, but it still lights up and then it's distracting. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, yeah, yeah. if you're going to podcast, try to try to be uh, uninterrupted as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bill. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful week and I uh, look forward to getting this edited and put online here in the next uh, – probably probably tonight, actually. I think. Excellent. Eric, uh, thank you so much for having me on. I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, and, uh, I think that you, you've got a pretty cool podcast going here. I'm looking forward to hearing. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the think it, make it podcast. Be sure to tune in next time for more great CNC router content. 